God, the priest of the Israelites. So, I don't know what cocktail I'm making, but it's that and the cocktail of, like, sexy IDF babe. And, like, uh-huh. it's not good. Yeah, I feel like it's all just part of the, like, hunt for the Semitic super soldier, which is an unfortunate... Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> it's an unfortunate uh, cultural project that many of our fellow members of the tribe are on. I feel like, um, yeah, it just feels like it, it falls into the, like, into the trap of the oppressed person trying to prove their superiority by still playing within the rules of the stereotype that the oppressor gave them which is a poor a poor way to be also not that you you know jews are universally oppressed i was gonna say just on that note uh welcome to smite me okay it's a torah (laughs) podcast yeah 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 yeah. you know uh, we do other stuff too but we're doing we're doing torah today and i'm joined by my uh semitic super soldiers (laughs) (laughs) fucking josh mark (laughs) josh marcus you fucking scrambled my brain with semitic super well no that is me (laughs) well no you're josh you're also Josh Marcus, but you're not Josh and Marcus. Okay. Yeah, for sure. God gives his, his worst Torah portions to his toughest Semitic super soldiers. That's fact. I feel like... Sorry, I, now I'm just introducing myself. I'm John. A new player has entered. John, John and Alcabez. I feel like the the listeners are the Semitic super soldiers. They're... How about everybody gets a participation award in Semitic, Semitic Super Soldier School? That's right. By listening, listening to this podcast is like the one week fake IDF training, but to be a Semitic Super Soldier. Like if you have listened to a couple eps, you know, a couple bonus, couple of the core core boys. Yeah. That, that being said, uh, ten push ups right now. <laughs> you have to do uh, ten push ups. Okay. If and guess okay, what? You, if you're you not Jewish. Welcome to the tribe. Well, you're in now. Yeah, you got right. a card. That's right. Oh, wow. Look at you coming yeah. around. I, mm. I used to always tell people to convert, and mm. you wouldn't like it. But now, everyone. Funny how that changes. I don't think I told anyone, too. I think they just did it on their own. Mm-hmm. You can. I mean, you can lead a horse to water, Ayani. But you can't make Something him. I'm always saying. <laughs> but you can't circumcise it unless. <laughs> you got a big, big old snipper. What what are we doing today? I told you we're doing Torah. It's it's we got, donkey time. <laughs> it's, don- yeah. it's donkey time. I feel like we're we've been straying, but this is actually I feel like kind of a classic portion. Um. Oh, absolutely. To check back into Torah world. This is um. This is actually one of the better ones I think overall. I uh, oh, yeah. Someone they really they like rehired the old director to like reboot the series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know it's going to be one of those things where it's like they only direct episode one, and then you're going to be like, oh. All right, this is bad again. Yeah. Um, but on that note, we were kind of talking a little bit about it, but do we got do we have Jews in the news? Do we have smiteable deeds? 
I mean, what's going on? There's, it's a two, <laughs> what is going on? It's a two-week-old podcast, but you know, we still talk about current events. Yeah, that's right. I guess um, I have this one's not that current, but it's like a new joke that I tried a couple times and it worked, and then it stopped working. And I want to run it by you guys because it's <laughs> it's a little too it's a little spicy, but it's about J.K. Rowling and her um, her little evil bank goblins, like. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've talked about this before, like the premise just being that in Harry Potter, he goes to Gringotts and the bankers are these like creepy little goblins. Hook-nosed little bastards. Yeah. But then I say like uh, that it's just, it's it's confusing because the stereotype that she's playing into is that Jews are all like greedy little money goblins that work in finance. When the truth is that like, yes, there are many Jews that work in finance and yes, people who work in finance are definitely greedy little money goblins. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that all Jews are. Anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. Okay, I it's see a, it. It's a rough one. It, it worked a couple times. It's one of those where it worked a couple times, and then it, it's pretty uh, pretty polarizing. So I think I might be... I don't know. I might be... Oh, see, I don't think it's, like, that controversial. I think it's more just, like... I just feel like it's just got a couple different balls in the air, and you got to kind of just juggle them. Like, I don't know. I feel like... You're kind of just saying not all Jews. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Which is not that politically crazy. Does it come with more context or is it just kind of like, hey, what's up, guys? You know the goblins in Harry Potter? (laughs) I mean, it's somewhere in between. You lead with it? It's like, what's up, I'm John. So the goblins. (laughs) I mean, like, I've really had to, in the the last eight years, I've had to work on not doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm not just getting right on stage and being like, you guys know the Harry Potter goblins? Because that's always my instinct is to just talk about Uh whatever is on my mind like a fucking child. Anyway. Oh, there was shit with with like um, Mark Zuckerberg's sister was like rapping about crypto or something. It was just, I don't know. We don't really even have to. We can kind of put a bookmark in that. That'll still be there whenever we want to return to it. I'll just say that I don't think... That Mark Zuckerberg is the only person in his family without a personality or a sense of taste. I'm just imagining them sitting around a table all doing the, like, computer programmer laugh. Like, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, you know, here's a piece of content. I mean, I don't know if this is going to make the final edit, but I finished Dune. Oh, hell yeah. We'll put that in. I love Dune. Yeah. What did you think of Dune? It was good. I, uh... I didn't realize how psychedelic of a book it was. Um, I liked how I just feel like fucking Trent Reznor feeling it all is. You know, I just feel like the <laughs> prevailing feeling is just very like, <laughs> just like it's it's a like going to the max quite frequently. Frank Herbert hits hard, man. Yeah. Do you know if because I know he's like definitely, you know, swimming in these waters like, do you know if people consider it, like, a thoughtful critique or representation of, like, colonialism, imperialism, orientalism, or, like, a fucked up example of it? Because I feel like, you know, it's like, the concept of jihad is pretty central to it all. Yeah, I think uh, it's, I don't want to talk too much, but I think if you're giving it a good, honest analysis, it's easy to see that it's just both. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I would think about it, where it's like, it's definitely like, you know, resources, harvesting, destroying indigenous cultures. And he says it's bad. He's not like, oh, look at this. And like, I think 
a lot of people argue that it's not super clear. I think it's pretty clear that the main character is not a good guy. No, I think it's kind of like it's like I don't just don't think it's like an either or. I feel like it's sort of like I feel like it's kind of like a, a it's a look at like why someone might become a radical and the and the reasons they would have for doing that and like some of the shortcomings of that once you do it. Yeah, but then also worm poop and uh, creosote bushes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyways, hey, fun fact: Dune universe, Jews in the news. The Sardaukar are originally Jews that uh, go into hiding what? and then settle on Seleucus Agundis. Are you kidding me? I am not joking at all. That is so random. Okay, it's super. If you get super is that into in the, the world books of Dune, or like uh, just like in the lore, it's in the appendix. That is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Okay. So for the non-Dune readers, Semitic- the Sardaukar are, yeah, ulti- the ultimate Jewish super soldiers. They're like prison gangsters who are turned into like a giant fighting legion and or merciless killers. Yep. And they're used by the uh, emperor of the universe to just fuck people up. Yeah. It's like if fucking like Blackwater was made up of only Jews. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's Seleucus Secundus for you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm I'm feeling loose as a goose. <laughs> All right. Is it donkey time? It's donkey time. <laughs> it might be time to open up the tourist scroll and pour on a little donkey sauce. Uh, I'm so glad someone said it. Guy Fieri, you're a national hero. Come on the pod. You He's know. not a Jew, is he? I doubt From it. Seleucus Segundus. He's no, he's a he... he's a different kind of super soldier. I feel like he's got opinions on matzo ball soup, though. I feel like he would really... I, I'm just picturing him, like, biting into a matzo ball <laughs> like a hamburger, like, holding it with two hands. Going, mm. Oh, that's oh it. yeah. I just... It's burning his fingers. It's like, my fingers are hot. You know, that's how you know it's good. <laughs> yeah. Juicy. Soupy. Not too strong. And, and it's kosher. And it's kosher. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> An episode where he eats a matzo ball soup so good that he has the um the line cook circumcised him in the back. <laughs> he goes on Alia right after in his little convertible. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. Donkey time. Why are we talking about donkeys? Ayani? Donkey time. All right. So today's portion is called Balak. Why is it called Balak? Balak? It's because, uh, <laughs> dude, there are so many jokes that I wanted to make, but they were all fucking terrible. There's just lines and lines of scratched out. Thirteen year old Eminem and Eight Mile on the bus, just yeah. like. <laughs> Anyways, go. so anyway, tell us about Balak Hussein Obama. <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to everyone. So, for the... Okay, summary. Uh, okay, so, Balak, the king of Moab, which is a city-slash-region, kind of gets all these of Midianites Utah. together. Yeah. Actually, I, I didn't even put that together, but yeah. Gets all these Midianites together. These are a large conglomeration of people. And is like, hey, everyone, there's all these Israelites. They're right at the border. I think they're going to eat everything and take everything. I'm scared. So the other, uh, all the elders of the Midianites basically go to this like wise prophet kind of uh, religious figure named Balaam and ask him to curse the Israelites so that they can beat him in the war. You know, you got to curse him first. So Balaam tells him all to spend the night. And then that night he, I guess, talks to God. 
I don't believe Balaam is Jewish. I think this is just one of those weird parts where God's kind of... Drop. No, they just say he's good at divination. So he's just like a, you know, he's like a crystals kind of guy. He's, he's like a, he's giving me like multi-hyphenate vibes. Like he's, <laughs> yeah, he's got he's a, a lot creative going director. On. Yeah. A, a reverend he a, he's doctor. Got a, he's got a link tree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. The barber yeah. surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the butcher moil anyways. Um. <laughs> Barber, surgeon, butcher, and moil. Attorneys of law. An Whoa. avid bird watcher. <laughs> so, basically, He's a model slash activist. So he like he tells them all to spend the night, and then God kind of just like floats on down to Balaam and is like, who are all these fucking assholes who are hanging around, around your house? And Balaam is, I guess, on pretty easy speaking terms with God, and it's just like, well, they asked me to curse the Israelites – because I do that and I'm looking for work. So what do you want me to do? God is like, don't do that. Um, so Balaam turns the Midianites down. But Balak keeps sending more and more people, each one more important than the last, to ask Balaam, oh, do the curse bit. So eventually. <laughs> do your little your little show. Everyone, no, don't want, no one gives a shit about your new album. Sing the hits. Do your mean little skits. <laughs> <laughs> Just say the words, bro. Um, eventually Balaam says, look, I, I know you guys think this is really important. God and I are going to have a meeting and we'll see what happens after that. Which again, this random guy can, I guess, just call a meeting with God, which seems pretty tight, I guess. I don't know. God lets Balaam take the curse job, uh, with the caveat that Balaam is going to do whatever God says. So the next morning, Balaam gets on his she ass and heads off to confront the Israelites. And I only put she ass in because the Chabad ne- uh, translation made a big point of that it's a she donkey. And I'm oh. like, come on. <laughs> you have to just let the words speak for themselves. Everyone's going to giggle a little bit. Can I pause the record to say that uh, I had a, a philosophy teacher who was to give us an example of how sexist some philosopher used to be told us about a philosopher who referred to women as wicked she-asses. <laughs> I just always think Wick- about that. Wow. Wicked Jesus. she-asses. That's, that's a way to get your point across, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's one of the amazing things about academia is you can have opinions that if you said out loud to someone's face, they would just be like, can you fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> but since you wrote it in a long book. <laughs> yeah, for real. basically wicked she asses <laughs> is what I'm saying. Anyways, so Balaam heads off on his she ass and gets over, but there's an angel with a big old sword that shows up and blocks the way. Balaam can't see it, but the she ass can. And the she ass tries to turn around and run away, but Balaam beats it back onto the path, and the angel does nothing. So, whatever. And this happens three times. Three times, three different times. And the she-ass eventually turns to Balaam and is like, what the fuck did I do to you that you think you can hit me? Balaam is unfazed by a talking donkey. And Balaam says to the donkey, basically, if I were better armed, I would have killed you, which is what an insane little bit of fucking dialogue. Um, And then all of a sudden, uh, the angel who had the sword appears to Balaam and spooks him. Uh, and he freaks out. Balaam's like, oh, I sinned. I'll turn around. I'll go home. And the angel says, nah, it's fine. Just keep on going. Why? Perhaps we'll discuss. So Balaam is pissing everybody off because finally he shows up to Balak, who's been sending for him, the king. And Balak starts kind of heckling him and is just like, oh, what? You're too good to fucking accept my money to come over here and curse the fucking Israelites? Um, whatever. 
So Balak and Balaam, they go to a border city. They start doing all this prep work. They get a bunch of sacrifices. They build seven altars. They make a sacrifice, and Balaam tells Balak to, like, fuck off for a little bit, and then maybe God will show up. And then God just sort of, the translation said, chances across Balaam. Because God is out fucking wandering <laughs> oh, around. You're here? Yeah. Wow. And basically it's like God is Reuben anyway. <laughs> but he basically goes, "Oh shit, you're doing the cursing stuff? Like, can I do a set?" And then uh, Balaam goes to all the officials for the cursing bit, but then God does his set and it's a blessing instead. Um so they try it again and this time in a different spot and then uh, you know, seven altars and a BBQ later, God shows up with another blessing and the Israelites instead of cursing them. Then Balak gets pissed at Balaam, and Balaam is like, look, what do you want me to do? This is what God wants. Um, so they do the whole deal one more time, and they uh, uh, they they do the sacrifices, the BBQ, the whole deal. And Balaam this time tries to curse him, but instead it comes out as the Matovu, which is a song with significance, but I don't remember mm-hmm. of what. It, How beautiful are your Tenso Jacob? And you know, also, you're going to crush the skulls of, of your enemies. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. It's like a. We only learned the first half. Like, like what is it? It's like oh, beautiful. Like how we only learned the like non-socialist part. Yeah, or not a beautiful. Um, this land is your land. Right, but it's kind of the opposite because in this one we like kind of only learned the (laughs) non-fascist part. But also, it's yeah, it's amazing that our big like acoustic guitar feel good campfire song is. We just cut out the part where it's like you're gonna drink their fucking blood and piss on their graves, <laughs> piss their blood back out onto their grave. And macho too, it's the moon. Yeah, it's great. It's um, we should get a recording of that. We'll, we'll... <laughs> oh, can we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, we yeah, can, yeah, if yeah, we yeah, can yeah, put yeah, that yeah. in right here, that's twenty-two of the Camp Mwanga songbook. Goes like this: Macho it's the morning. Macho bless us this morning. Oh, Alecha, let us enter Yaakov, our heritage. Could you, okay, Ayani, my proposal to you is you do, so you do some sort of like a three way audio splice with like Debbie Friedman version of Manto, who the sounds of like war, barbarians, machine guns oh, going God. on. And then, since it's like we learned it in camp as a morning song, like that, um, oh God, what's like that band? Birds called? chirping? No, um, that band that's like, Wake up, wake up, is the first of the month. Get out <laughs> I don't know, but I think that, crazy that that fucking band, that band should be fucking um, <laughs> run out like of global politics. Mixing uh, the the song of a beloved deceased member of the Jewish community with songs of war. Oh, Bone Thugs in Harmony. Bone Thugs in Harmony. You got to mix <laughs> first of the month, Matovu and Gun Sounds for me. <laughs> Or I'll, I could try it. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. Ooh, we'll give you boat? listeners a little fucking a little peek into the world of Jewish That's summer right. camp. Is 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 Bone Thugs and Harmony on cameo, and could we crowdsource a Bone Thugs and Harmony edition of Montovu? Because that would be gorgeous. Honestly, they're kind of the perfect band who would be because they could probably use the money. I was gonna say they're looking for work. 
They're like Balam at the mean, beginning of this. The last hit they had was when one of their members was on the Chameleon Air song, Riding Dirty. So it's really been wait, 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 a I long just, time. I just, can I, may I present to you a, a joke? Uh, they're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, doing, they're doing a bar mitzvah right now, and there's a big, there's a big sign behind them that says Bone Thugs and Jeremy. <laughs> Woo, okay let's finish this summary because i could i could talk about bone thugs and harmony all day and jeremy god fucking <laughs> damn it. we're all very proud of jeremy bone thugs and harmony and jeremy yeah um yeah. <laughs> yeah you did you did good big man uh, also, so for the people who don't know the song, it literally does translate to like, how great are your tents, Israel? So it really is just the equivalent of running into someone's house and being like, what a nice house! <laughs> yeah. Um, You're beautiful. You guys have really nice tents. Is that from Eye? So Is that from their... <laughs> own? <laughs> you know, uh, I own part of REI. Yeah. I don't like the union stuff. But I, I do like REI. <laughs> uh, it's because it's a worker co-op. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a co-op, not a union, yeah. intriguingly. Um, yes, okay. The curses turn into blessings. Balak is super pissed, which I kind of get, because he just – he basically hired this guy to, like, to like write the most badass curse, and he comes out with, like, <laughs> you're tense. Beautiful. Yeah. And he does it thrice. How pissed are you if you hire – like triumphs the insult comic dog and then he suddenly like sees god and has a religious experience you're like oh great yeah. just what i needed <laughs> a religious triumph the insult comic dog this is great <laughs> this is the second time he's come he's come up and the second time i thought you said incel comic dog <laughs> <laughs> has he come up before <laughs> yeah doesn't matter wow. moving on <laughs> Um, so right after this, basically, Balam has a prophetic vision of the future, kind of tying it back to Dune. He kind of just starts tripping mm. balls and is like, yeah. hey. Take uh, some spice rips. Yep. He has some of the like, geriatric melange. Um, melange. <laughs> and basically, he just like starts spitting and is just like, ah, I don't want to be a huge bummer, but all of you will be killed and thrown out of your land by Israel. My bad. That's what god is saying and people are like oh is that for real and he starts calling out and pointing at people and being like your shit is gonna like serve them in this way and your shit all of your descendants will be destroyed and you all your land will be uprooted um and it's kind of like this what i will say is it the it doesn't seem super like and everyone was chill it seems like a very dark moment in the actual text um oh yeah it's kind of like i feel like I almost like you kind of feel like you're coming across someone who's like, how do I put this? Like, like you kind of feels there's like a moment of religious fanaticism there where they're just like going off and everyone's just standing there watching this person be like, and God's going to kill you and God's going to kill you. And it's like, whoo, yeah, kind of creepy. It's like, I was just trying to order a coffee. Jeez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you show up to watch the curse skit again, and it's just fucking, it's dark. Um, yeah. So, after all of that, after that kind of dark moment, pause. We cut back to the Israelite camp. <laughs> right? Everybody oh, is yeah. doing sex stuff and worshiping idols. It's fucking chaos. <laughs> um, so, God 
This will become more important, the toad shift, later. We'll get a little bit more into it because I think it's fucking fascinating. So God tells Moses, look, all this fucking sex stuff and idol worshiping, here's what you got to do. Gather up all the, the leaders of Israel and just hang them till they're dead. Um, and everyone, uh, people are like, ah, that seems dark. So they all gather at the tent of meeting and they're all crying and they're wailing. And an Israelite man and a Midianite woman are brought up to the middle of the circle and they're killed by being stabbed at the same time by the same spear. End of the, the sentence. Belly. Also, a plague apparently kills 24,000 people. Yeah, that'll teach him to have a hot girl summer. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. A, cra- a crazy ending. So, so I guess what, what's, what's kind of on my mind is that was this was, – is the contrast here kind of leads me to believe that this is their way of being like, look how good God is to the Jews that he wouldn't even let this random guy curse them. And then look how bad the Jews are to God that they're having orgies and putting stuff in their bum bums. Well, one thing to note is the the divisions that are like each chapter of the Torah were added somewhat arbitrarily later from what I understand. Like it wasn't like this was meant to be a chapter. It was because it was kind of like stitched together from many legends and documents and, and so on. So it's like, I don't know if we can exactly say like they meant this chapter to be this way, but that the contrast you're talking about definitely is just there anyway. Like even if it was in one chapter or the next, it's just like. In fact, it's it's more jarring if there weren't like a break. I was going to say, can we talk about all the violence against donkeys? I mean. Yeah, I think we got to take it all the way back to donkey time because that's are. kind of a, it's a special moment. You know, I was saying to John before you hopped on, Josh, that this is this feels almost like a filler episode. Um, really? Yeah, but just in a way where it's like, hey, we're just going to kind of like pop away from the main story for a second, right? Oh, uh-huh. We're going to do a little yeah. side thing, except for like by whatever – by nature of whatever story they're trying to tell, it like raises all of these like really intense questions. It reminds me of like – I was watching a show with uh, Aki – and it's like a really goofy cartoon or whatever. And then like really far into it, just as kind of like an aside, there's someone who shows up with a Bible and a cross. And it's like the world doesn't resemble anything of like history and the real world. And I was like, oh, so in this universe, there's like a Jesus Christ and a Bible, which means there's Jews. And like I was kind of like, oh, what the fuck? Like just having that there kind of raises up a huge amount of questions. Mm-hmm. That's kind of this chapter. Yeah, and, like, the side characters don't usually get this much, like, interiority or just, like, even just the camera just doesn't even pan to them. It's just been a lot of, like, the Jews were traveling, they were complaining, they fought, they doubted God, God got mad, God delivered, they won the fight, moving on. And this is a, I don't know, yeah, this, like, really cuts away. I think the thing that got me the most confused, honestly, was, like, all of these people, I guess, apparently just worship God. Like, regular old Jewish God. Yeah, it is interesting. Like, who is this person who's talking to Jewish God who isn't one of the the, the capital J, like, the Jews who were no, wait, yeah. who, on the Exodus? Who the fuck is, is wait, is our boy Balaam? Is Balaam yeah, Balaam mm-hmm. is, the, uh, is the prophet guy. Balak is the king. Bilal is a R&B Neo soul singer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> From the 2000s. Barack was a president. Come on, let's yeah. keep it rolling. Beelzebub is the devil. <laughs> and those are just some B names. Beyonce is also a star. 
Yeah, it's true. Bill Burr is uh, a comedian from Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> here's, you know, here's my like plot hole, continuity hole <laughs> comment. Um, you know, actually, if you followed the comics, um, in this process, this whole you know scenario with the donkey and the angel and God blocking Balaam from going off to do this. Right before that happened, God says, "You know what? Go off and join them. Just do what I say." And then kind of subjects him to this whole ordeal with the donkey just to, like, prove a point, I guess. That just struck me as a little odd. He's just like, you can go. You just have to do what I say. But I'm also going to send, like, a secret angel with a sword that you can't see to, like, freak out your donkey. Who speaks. Who speaks. Yeah, that's another <laughs> thing. There's a little little Shrek moment um, in there. I feel like I remember, I can't remember like what they taught us about this, but I remember talking about this story quite a bit. Me too. Me too. I remember it too. I think it was easy for rabbis, especially like hip rabbis who are sitting on like sitting on a chair backwards. It was easy for Uh them to be like, it's just like Shrek. But like what, but what were they ultimately trying to say about it? Not, I don't know. They were just trying to get us to look at like. There's nothing. I don't know. I think they can. The lesson they would like they would like hook us in with the Shrek thing and then be like, I don't know. I guess they tried to play it up as significant that he went like, I don't know. I'm struggling here because it's like he couldn't say something. He couldn't say something bad about the Jews even if he tried. He he's trying so hard to say like. I remember. Yeah being taught that but it's also like very much in the text that balan is like look i'm making no promises <laughs> he says that every single time he's just like i mean i'll do what god tells me to do <laughs> you yeah. know it's fine Block is just he's just like a, a contractor like through and through like just i'm just here so i don't get fined <laughs> really yeah i mean i don't i don't really know i guess there's a good lesson of just like don't needlessly beat I mean, just don't be animals in general, but like, definitely, like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. And then there's this weird comment where, like, not only is Balam not really that like shocked that the donkey speaks to him, he's also just kind of like, "Look, if I had a sword, I'd kill you." Like, what? Yeah. What? What did we learn from this? What did we learn, John? What did we learn? Um. Well, it's also just this weird, like. I don't know. I feel like last week or a couple, however long, whenever we were talking about Whoopi Goldberg, I guess it was a few episodes ago, Josh, you were kind of making the point about how like all politics is just completely immaterial and it's just about like what people say and shit. Uh-huh. And I've been thinking yeah. about that a lot and I feel like this chapter is kind of a, an example of that because it's like nothing material has happened. It's just all coming down to like whether this guy is going to say nice words about the Jews or whether this guy is going to say mean words about the Jews. Yeah. And God is going to make him say nice words. But but I will say there's like, it's like that plus magic. Cause it's like, you can't say anything bad. And be, the reason why is because of magic. Like, cause I feel like, yeah, like the, the temple lesson is this is maybe like, don't be cruel to animals or like, you know, people are inherently good and they're, you know, there's like a nice part inside of them. But I feel like the Torah lesson which, you know, is taught to us over and over again in the story is just, like, do what God says. <laughs> I feel like the Torah lesson is just, like, man, we got some nice-ass tents, you guys. Don't forget it. The Jews, <laughs> our tent game is strong. Can't be touched, can't be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like maybe we were taught that this is a little bit that like in a weird way that like oh look like you can you can get other people who aren't like members of the tribe to like do nice things to you i almost remember it being taught Mm -hmm. as like look like some people just recognize that there's goodness um and they Mm -hmm. can't bring themselves to to do bad things Um, right it's kind of like a no bad vibes lesson (laughs) yeah but it's like it's like literally the exact opposite because i feel like it's like (laughs) Or I feel like the the crazy part about all this stuff is it's sort of like we learned all these moral lessons from these stories, which would be the le- the actual lessons of the stories. Like if God wasn't involved, like that the Jews escaping Egypt was this like beautiful sign of like perseverance and struggle. But really, it was just like God doing it to like prove God's the big man or like. You know, even in this story that like this person really loved the Jews and like couldn't move himself to war. But again, he's just kind of just doing it because God like is like puppeting him. But it's also just there's no good guys in this story. Like I'm not on I'm not on team Balaam either. Like Balaam's a dick. He is, a di- but he's also completely ambivalent to the like whole Israelite situation. They like just go and get him to try to hire him. He's not like, oh, dude, let me tell you there's all these people. Wait, I'm sorry. Well, he is. Balak. He is kid. Balak's a dick. Balak is a dick. Balak is also a dick. They're both dicks. Is he a dick? I mean, he is. He does have a giant army that has been going from place to place, destroying places, just sitting outside his little kingdom. Yeah, every no, everyone is completely a fucking dick in this. Like, like you were saying, like there's the the morality of it is kind of lost because like the main crux of the person is kind of just like I mean, I got to pay rent at the end of the month, so yeah, I guess I'll go curse him. Yeah, it's like two sides in a war, and one person wants to side with the strong side. Like that's a yeah, not that I will say not too inspiring. Definitely, this is the most calm, cool, and collected God has ever been in the entire Bible, which is kind of fun. Chill God is a new vibe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's very chill with Balaam. He just chances up on him. It's like, oh, what's up, dude? What are you doing? Well, and just the fact that he's kind of like conspiring against the Jews, and then God, rather than just being like. I think I'm going to kill everyone now. It's like, I'm just going to make you just like really, you know, sing a sweet little song. And they like, they have meetings with each other. Balaam's like, hey, everybody go fuck off. I got to do one-on-one time. Here's the like Slack notification sound. And it's like, oh, God wants him again. And and he's on time. He's just like, hey, man, got my attention. What's what's going on, Balaam, my man? (laughs) What's the deal with the thing where Balak is like, let me show you the Israelites from, like, five different angles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he keeps being, like, well, maybe, like, because Balaam's whole thing is, like, well, I'm going to, like, stand up here and, like, see what God tells me to do. And then Balak keeps being, like, maybe if I go to a different mountain, like, you know, you'll God won't come to you. And But I don't know. Like, this is, this is thousands of years ago. Like, I think there's some, there's, like, more... That's like a more real idea, like, well, this mountain, this magic might happen instead of, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's yeah, also an that. aspect of, like, maybe in the beginning they don't think Balaam is taking it seriously. Because <laughs> they keep going closer and closer <laughs> to the actual Israelites, where at first they're kind of, like, just on the border. They're like, go curse him. And he's like, uh, yeah, I hope your shoes tie themselves together. Ha ha ha. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> and then they like go to the thing and they're like, look how many of them there are. And he's like, uh, I hope that, the I hope that your sheets are cold all night. Like, no. Yeah. I like that idea that he's like, 
they're, they're, he's just playing coy with them. They're like, okay, he's like, okay, go off and curse them. And he's like, he's like, okay, I'm just going to say whatever comes to me. And he takes a deep breath and he's like, the Israelites are so sexy. I want to kiss all the Israelites on the lips and on the butt. And I want to only... give them all smooches. Their only shortcoming is that they they care too much. Um, they, I think, a, an element to mention here is that Balak and Balam are kinsmen, so like this whole thing has a flavor of kind of family betrayal going on. Yeah, I yeah. You know, he's like not just some guy who does magic. It's like my magic cousin, and then he's like not helping them. He's yeah, not he's helping also at all. Like, <laughs> he should. His cousin should understand like. I don't know, like, if you have a cousin who works at Best Buy, like, they can get you some discounts, but ultimately, like, if it's, if, if, if the mach- if certain things they just can't do, they just, they try to do the, they try to put it in the machine and it doesn't work, the system is blocking them. Like, at a certain point, if you're a cousin, you should understand, like, yeah, man, my hands are kind of tied here because of the divine ruler of the universe. Like, can you go pick on someone else besides the Jews? Because they have the divine ruler of the universe on their side. Yeah. I mean, you can invite Ozzy Osbourne to the party, but he can't give a speech. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's the metaphor here? Pretty much. (laughs) Am I Ozzy Osbourne? No, just no. uh, Just Balaam. They're like showing him up and they're like, all right, do the cool thing. And he's just riffing because he's fucking drunk as shit off of fucking 2 p.m. whiskey. And he's like. uh, And fear. Yeah. And yeah. Then. I thought it was also interesting. I pulled up a line that I thought actually – because I don't do this a lot, but I thought it was very funny because as he's doing his little I'm not going to curse them bit, uh, Balaam says the line, quote, He, being God, does not look at evil in Jacob, and he has seen no perversity in Israel, which is like, okay, whatever, dude, except for in less than the page, we're going to cut to the Israelites, and they're going to be fucking in front of idols and, like, doing all the things that God says is super perverse, and immediately God is just like, hang them all. I don't know. I just thought the tone shift was pretty fucking notable. Well, it's like he's just got no more patience. Yeah, I feel like there's like this whole tone of kind of like the enti- like an entitled parent who like thinks their child is God's gift to earth but like also a fuck up. Like nobody says anything bad about my kids except for me. <laughs> who I, I fucking hate. I hate, hate my them. kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that that's like one of the prevailing <laughs> dynamics. The only person who's allowed to criticize my kids is me with my fists. My- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the plague. Um should we get to the part where the the curses turn a little um, mass mass killingy? Yeah, yeah, a little genocidal. Or sorry, the blessings. The yeah. blessings get a little genocidal. Yeah. Oh, you mean the fun song that we sang? <laughs> yeah. Matovu crush their skulls in. Matovu and rip their hearts out. Ah, <laughs> oh, God! I just imagine like a little thing with like rhythmic fucking uh, cuts of people like loading guns <laughs> and then there's like one person like at summer camp who always had the uh african drum oh yeah 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 fine okay no i'm getting there i'm getting to understanding what jew embarrassment is it's just it's just not what that website said do you hate uh anyways yeah let's get to let's get to to genocide um how do we how would you put it Genocide. Poems? Honestly, I could just I could just read some some lines. Do it. Yes, yeah, spits and bars. So some of the nice the nice blessings are like, 
oh, you know, I see them from the mountaintops. I see them from the heights. Like, their tents are beautiful. Look at how numerous they are. And then it starts to be like, God is not man to be capricious or mortal to change his mind. In other words, like, he knows what he's doing. He's not going to back down. Um, When he blesses, I cannot reverse it. No harm is in sight for Jacob. No woe in view for Israel. Like, nothing bad's going to happen. And then it really ratchets up. Then it talks about the Israel people uh, rising like a lion that leaps up like the king of beasts, rests not until it has feasted on prey and drunk the blood of the slain. Having a normal one. <laughs> Seek. Yeah. God will literally have Israelites drink the blood of their enemies <laughs> instead of going to therapy. <laughs> instead of going to God therapy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's. You know what that whole scene actually reminds me of? It reminds me of, or the way it was written reminds me of the way, like, fucked up colonialists will write about certain periods of, like, American history. The people who are, like, thinking that they're being sympathetic to, like, whatever indigenous population, but they really, what they have is this weird fetishized ideal of them. Like, Mm -hmm. the whole, like, noble savage stereotype and all of that. I did quotes uh, in the air mm-hmm. for the people not who can't see it, which is everyone who's listening. God damn. Ioni believes in phrenology. You heard it here first. <laughs> but um, it reminds me of that because there's like the way that it's written is it is this really like dark moment where like it it kind of like ends the fun goofy bit where he's like, oh, he keeps trying to curse him, but it comes out as blessings, and then he's like basically saying like. The era that you're in to all of the like Midianites, he basically is saying like the era that you're in is about to come to a close and you will utterly be the victims of it. And it's truly I realized I was reading from I thought I was reading from the scary part, but then I, I found the actual scary part where it's kind of like genocidal. It talks about devouring enemy nations, crush their bones, smash their arrows. And then one of them, they just talk about one of these nations, Amalek, and its fate is to perish forever. That's like, I will wipe you off the map, not like we're going to take over your castle, but you can still live there kind of thing. I like to think that like before our boy Balam said all that, he like, he like or like right as he's saying it, his like eyes turn black and then he just like says it all. And then after he's done, he like goes back to normal and he's like, he's like, I don't even fucking want to be here, man. Like the shit, the shit sucks. This is so uncomfortable. Like, what did I say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I like, uh, it's the, uh, what basically what I was saying is like, it feels like it was written by like uh, an Israelite person who had like, who thought they had like some sympathies and was trying to write the like, oh, this is the point where like the, 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 the noble indigenous people like, ultimately decide that like well we have to accept our fate which is to be crushed by the superior race but that also will mm-hmm. you know have yeah, this moment a little, uh, a little flavor of the darwinism because it's like israel's the lion and they're gonna you know eat you in the food chain and like it's just kind of fate and... yeah it's uh it was, it was interesting because i honestly and truly it's it's more interesting because i think whoever was writing the like last eight chapters it would have really just been like, and God said, crush their skulls. And their skulls, they were crushed. And everything was good, sweet, and absolutely awesome. Israel, <laughs> rah, rah, rah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see some ruach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Bo, 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 kerto. I mean, yeah. it's just a kind of uh, this thing that we always do, us, that we being the Jews, where it's like, they're both being like 
look at all these people who are trying to defeat us. Like we're like we're up against so much, and then but also being like, but they can never defeat us because we're so strong. And then it's like, okay, so then like. What are we even fucking worried about? What are we talking about? Like this guy where there's this whole triumphant feel-good story about this guy who tried to put a curse on us, but he couldn't. Like who gives a fuck if we're strong, if we're so secure and like yeah, if we're, if we're secure at all in ourselves, then why are we worried about this guy who tried and failed to say a mean thing about us? It just feels like I mean, I feel like it pathetic. helps, honestly, if you reframe it as like it's kind of just propaganda, right? Because if you are an actually embattled person and you're reading about how like you're so blessed that literally nothing can touch you and like all curses will turn into blessings like that might soothe your your mind. But now that like Jews everywhere are not under existential threat all the time at least in the u.s i don't know you can you can decide what the global status of jewish suppression is that's not for me to decide but anyway at least we're not in a period where we like need propaganda about like jews being the master race yeah i think the only other thing i would want to inject in there because i did a little bit of research is um the reason i know i asked about it before and i kind of knew the answer was a little bit uh, rhetoric, but uh, I think all of like most of these people, the like Midianites and the Moabites, are all in some way like they're related to the Israelites because they mm, call them like mm-hmm. the son of Seth, the sons of Seth. Um, and previously, when they were parading around the lands of Edom, like that, those are legitimately like alt, like alt Jews. Well, I think they're- it's like early on when like stuff happens, like when Noah gets drunk in front of his kids and then one of the kids, all of his ancestors are doomed to be like the slave class forever. Weren't they kind of just setting the groundwork for like later on when it's going to be, I don't know. It's this creepy thing. Yeah, like, we're all like, related. We're all family, but some of us are still like, some of us are the trunk of the tree and some are the branches that get. Yeah. There's like a couple moments where like, the family of Jews like breaks and then like some peoples go off. Cause they talk about um like the sons of Cain at one point. Yep. Here, I think too. And I think what's interesting is you can see if you frame it that way, it is kind of like, this is a moment. This is when it's being written or compiled or whatever. This is a moment of like the consolidation of power, not just in the sense of like, we're a bunch of random foreign people, coming and claiming this land but like we're we're actively purging alternate narratives from people who share the same culture essentially mm, mm-hmm. um which is creepy uh, so yikes for me bruv <laughs> in it <laughs> yes and then there's just the weird little like coda at the end <laughs> you know <laughs> it, it, yeah the little the little button at the end when they're like, don't be slotting around either. It's like, okay, all right, God, we get it. I found the image actually pretty, it's like, I mean, at this point we've gotten used to kind of a lot of atrocity being committed for like sin. But um, I found the image of them, they talk about not, so like the Jews are like partying with some foreign tribe. They're worshiping their gods. They're sleeping with each other. Um, and then when they're all assembled in the tent together, one of the Israelites stabs the man and the woman through the stomach with a spear at the same time. And to me, that felt like 
the implication at least being that they might have had a baby together like why do you stab someone in the stomach yeah with a spear otherwise though i guess i don't know maybe that's the I don't know. I don't. That's how I use a spear. But at the very least, that was like a that felt like an implication, and that's just sort of a horrible like. Again, yeah, just kind of pruning out the like non-worthy by literally like cleansing the birth line by stabbing this baby you had with someone who's not a Jew. That to me was just like, ugh. Like even after we've witnessed God kill thousands of people, like that one just felt like worse to me. Well, because we in a weird way, sick. the uh, when God does, <laughs> when God does what he does with the literally the last sentence of this fucking chapter where he's like, and by the way, 24,000 people died. Like, yeah. it's it's almost like it's it kind of happens in real life, too, where it's like that's such a hard number to, like, wrap your head around where you're just like, yeesh, that's bad. That's I really right. wish that hadn't that's happened. so many. Yeah. As opposed to, like, it's like. Even within the context of this like weirdly written book, it's like really fucking visceral and like like one man steps up in a group of like a bunch of people and stabs two of their fellows basically mm-hmm. through the stomach and like everybody is watching, nobody stops him, everybody kind of just tacitly nods that that was the right thing to do. Yeah, there, this chapter to me felt like a, a reminder that of the, there's like a fanatical streak in this at least in this story certainly and i think really in the in the establishment of like most religions at least in the in the founding periods like you kind of have to be a fanatic to like make it last you know you don't win over thousands of people by you know passively embracing some religion it's like you live and you die for that religion and this just felt like between the curses that are like so viscerally violent and then stabbing some in the stomach. I'm like, oh yeah, these people are kind of like zealots. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because it's like you're almost watching the Torah getting written in real time in the story. Like mm-hmm. this whole chapter where all of the genocide against people who have who are like in some way similar to you and like cleansing of the bloodlines and everything. Like that's that's the creation of single narrative. Right. Yeah. And that's like it happens in cults. It happened with the Nazis. It happens with like religions and stuff. There's always a point when you're starting out where it's cool. Everything is not cool with like in the case of the Nazis, but like the ideas are like a little bit looser held where it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, we don't really like like what that person's up to, but it's important to get members in. And then there's always a turning point where it's like, and now we do the fucking real work. Right. And this and is, this a is real like work. the universe operates by our rules. Yeah. And that's how it is. Yes. Wow, that is sinister. I mean, I was already creeped out by this chapter, but now that I mean, and I think that's a great point. I'm just like, eee. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's it's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like when you um I f- I feel like there's a there's a I feel like something similar happens in Scientology, but it's just inevitably goofier because it's L. Ron Hubbard and like mm-hmm. I don't think he actually has anyone killed, but it's just like some kind of instead profound abuse or, or whatever. But like that kind of stuff always happens where it's like in order for in order for the thing, the cult, the religion, the ideology to continue forward, the like the logical ends have to be met. Yeah. Right. Where it's like you can't have this these like 
in the greater context, there's uh, these 12 tribes of Israel who are wandering around who left Egypt. And then I guess there's a bunch of other kind of people who believe in similar things, but maybe more gods or things like that. And like, if these are the chosen people who believe in this God, and that's the one that they chose, then none of the other ones can exist. And that's the logical totally. end. Yeah, that's what I think, like, that sort of logical flow is, I think, what makes me, I mean, I just in general, I'm an atheist, but also what makes me very think that, like, people should be very careful about using religion as a form of politics, because it's like, once you decide that not only is your version of the world, the only one, um, and one that's backed by the divine. And then on top of that, that you're singularly chosen to like carry that out. And like everything you do is in service of that and kind of like unimpeachable, like there's just kind of a, really violent undertone about that unless you're also like a really hardcore multicultural like pacifist because like i mean i guess maybe somehow you could think like you're the chosen people but also like everyone should have an equal right to exist and and so on but it's like at a certain point yeah if you think you're the chosen ones and that everyone else is wrong and that you're everything you say is like backed up by the divine will like yeah it's kind of scary what you then can get away with in your own in your own mind Right. It's, I mean, the phrase, the ends justify the means gets thrown around a lot and it's just kind of like a, 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 a whatever thing. But like, if you really think about what that means, like, you know, that's the thing that they say about like villains in real world, like whatever is like, none of them think they're villains. Oh, sure. Yeah. They're just, they're either people who are willing to do atrocious things because they don't care or they're people who uh, legitimately think they're doing something right. Um, yeah or if people feel like you have no if you're going about the world thinking no no one has any kind of claim on you or any right to tell you anything you know if you're a bad person and you think that about yourself you can do some really awful stuff if you're a bad person don't listen to our podcasts (laughs) yeah positive vibes only that's right that's what this This chapter is really about tenderness podcast this is about openness that's right. If you, you have us in your, nerds. in your earbuds while you're beating up your donkey, how about you just unsubscribe? Why don't you look and see the angels all around you? you well, know? how about you just stay subscribed and, and just not listen? <laughs> yeah. yeah, stay subscribed. Stop <laughs> listening. On. Leave a five-star review. Tell your friends, but not the weird donkey-beating friends. Uh-huh. Aaron Bandler, give us five more dollars. <laughs> <laughs> He's not challenge. <laughs> May Aaron Bandler give us five more dollars challenge. Yeah. If we train our soldiers to help us get him to give us five more dollars, I bet we could do it. Uh, Aaron Bandler, a uh, Semitic super soldier. Just sending mercenaries after Bandler for five dollars. So ironically, he's probably one of the more physically powerful of our listeners. Oh, probably. Yeah, you could probably beat up the rest of the dwarves that are, <laughs> yeah. that are listening to this. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I is. don't know, John, you got any other kind of like last thoughts? Man, just this one is such a classic who gives a shit. It just like it's fucked up and dark, but also just kind of substanceless because it all comes down it's like about tweets or something. It's as if it was about tweets. It's as, it was. It's as if it was about like whether or not 
Balaam is going to send a mean tweet about the Israelites or a nice tweet. It's like, <laughs> it's just words, man. Why are you all freaking out about words? Hey, if I will say this. If you're a super fucking hacky rabbi who I don't know why you're listening to this, but you, you are, um, and you want to like find a way to like bring this to the youths, of your congregation, then you can make a parallel behind how, like, even though God says everything is cool with the uh, the Israelites and it's really chaos in the camp, it's kind of like what people do with social media where they only post the good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. There's there's parallels that can be drawn there or, like, kind You of, could write some discussion questions. If you don't right. have anything nice to say, don't say it. Right. But then it's also... Like, the nice, uh, the nice. I feel like they did use, they did try to like take that angle on it. But yeah. The nice thing he has to say is like, man, you guys are so strong, you're gonna fucking kill everybody. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude, have you been? Yeah. Uh, have you been working out? It looks like you could like st- strangle your loved ones. <laughs> and you know what? You should. I w- I want you to. I kind of um, want to see it happen. Like, um. There's something. Do you guys know what milkshake duck is? <laughs> I'm familiar with the milkshake duck. If you want to go ahead and explain I, it to I am not. Our, our less. Oh, it's like this concept. I think someone just made a joke about it in a tweet, but just that basically, like anything that starts out nice, you find out on you find out about on the internet, like uh, some fictional character called milkshake duck. You later learn that it's like some crazy Nazi who like said all this scary stuff and like wants to do horrible things. And I feel like. Every <laughs> lesson I learned as a young Jew is a milk <laughs> where it's like, Matavu, beautiful tents. He loved us. And I'm like, oh, cool. But then it's like, because he also, yeah, I thought we were going to do a, do a genocide. Uh, okay. That's actually really interesting. Can we get into that for just a quick sec? I think that's like, that's also like a very, um, the way that like, especially we were all taught this like very kind of what I would call like black and white liberal Jewish thought where it's like, Mm -hmm. well, now that we're in the kind of modern world and we can see things, there's still good and bad. It's just not necessarily what the Bible says. And it reminds me a lot of the way that like a lot of people react with, with like, I don't know stuff about like the, the way people view, or we were taught about like, like the black Panthers or people who like resist their oppression with like violence or whatever. And the way that it's like, well, you can't really like you you can't have perfect heroes because a lot of these people who are like ideologically honestly more pure were also willing to like commit acts of violence and that makes it irrelevant and illegitimate. Um and that just I don't know, it just really reminded me of that where you're like, this is uh the milkshake duck for this is like uh shit there's someone fucking ringing the doorbell and it fucked my train of thought oh sorry yeah, i was like damn i'm i want him to land this plane so bad like i'm ready to have my mind blown basically that the milkshake duck of like the lesson that we were trying to teach us was like was saying like saying mean things about people is bad mm-hmm. so therefore whatever you can say that's not mean is good even though in this case what you're is being said is like a call for imperialism and genocide. Uh huh. Yeah, like, but you're that's... like gassing your buddy up, so it's chill. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but it is kind of like that weird pause vibes only thing, though. Totally. Right. It's, well, I feel like yeah. Every every youth Judaism lesson we got was like, 
not getting down to brass tacks. It was just like vague, like say nice things, respect other cultures. Yeah. Like repair the world, but not like, what does that actually mean? You know, is it good to sometimes use violence to do what you want to do? The Bible seems to think it is. <laughs> like, but, like, I yeah, want to just... reiterate that, like, as much as Balaam is, like, not, we shouldn't necessarily stand him because he's just calling for <laughs> necessarily genocide. But also, I want to reiterate that he never really did anything and he basically just tweeted, like, yo, Amorites, you a bitch for real. <laughs> Yeah, he was, like, ventriloquized. Yeah, he ends up being the same thing as the donkey. Like, Yeah. Like, God just kind of, like, speaks through him for, like... Right. For... It's, we, we go back to the narrative problem of nobody really having free will, where it's just, like, okay, so it's just God playing with, like, dolls? Like, yeah. I'm cursing you. No, you can't curse me, because I'm going to curse you. Like, he's just alone. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's one of the like overall conclusions I've gotten from just reading the whole Torah is that like God as a narrative force is like tricky to work with unless it's like a Greek God who's like mostly human and just like is always fucking around and like doing more human stuff. Or and or or the opposite is like is like it's not super hard if God is just this like massively esoteric, unknowable kind of like totally the like it's not worth talking about logic because the logic of this being is completely beyond your human stupid understanding where it's like uh-huh. god is just simultaneously this omnipotent force and then also has the like the maturity level of a 6 year old yeah in a like way that's like very human like in the ridley scott movie god damn it i hadn't <laughs> thought about that in <laughs> since we recorded that Boy. episode just a little um, ball boy like Hey, we bet you wouldn't want to play me in Chinese checkers. Like, what? We should, not to harp too hard on Dune, but we should do a movie episode about Dune. Because that's about religion. I mean, not like the, not the the first, well, not like the one that just came out, because I feel like they ended it right before all the religious shit, like, really starts happening. I don't think they're going to talk about any religion in that. Ah, that would be such a mistake. I'd be mad. They don't really in the fucking David Lynch one either. Interesting. Yeah, there's not. I mean, uh, but he's the Kwasatch Haderich. <laughs> That's also from a fucking Hebrew concept. Yeah, um, it must be. Yeah, the one that was actually the one that the Gaula was telling us about the thing about mm. uh, being in six places at once or whatever. Um, With one tuckus? Okay. <laughs> um, that was a part. All right. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Wheels are coming off. Should All right. Pray? If you want to. Does anyone want to? I feel like I've been kind of closing and opening the episodes mm-hmm. a lot lately. I want to really mm-hmm. open that up to the fucking to, You're uh, well, to you, the vibe you squad. speak with authority, Ayani. It's uh, you know, uh people people heed what you say. No, they don't. Um, I have a job where technically I lead people. They don't fucking listen to a goddamn thing I uh, say. Well <laughs> I heed the shit out of you. I hate, um, I'll I hate do you it. Too, I dude, I dude, I I think I heed you. Um, <laughs> I heed. Okay, he. <laughs> I had a, um. Speaking of things that sound like heed, uh, growing up, I had a friend's parent who would call me the heeb, but in kind of an affectionate way, and I fucking loved it. Go <laughs> 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 like heeb. <laughs> um, oh, no. See, that's a, that's a curse that turns into a blessing. You know what I mean? Um, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> what's my blessing? I hope um, that no one ever makes you say a creepy blessing, curse, uh, war anthem when you're with your cousin. And it's just, <laughs> if there's one thing I took out of this, is that I don't want to do that. So I'm, I'm going to be so bummed when I have to introduce you to the concept of Thanksgiving. <laughs> if I'm, listen, if I'm out at a restaurant with my cousins and you come over to our table and point at another table and you're like, go fucking go curse those guys, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be like, hey, I'm just trying to. I'm at a meal with my cousins right now. Eating with my cousins right now. I'm trying yeah, to enjoy a meal with my family. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, war is bad. So is fanaticism. Don't do either. You know. Sub- like and subscribe is the only cure. And rate us five five stars. And Bandler stars, give us yeah. $5 challenge. <laughs> Let's get it trending, guys. Let's come on, guys. Um, five stars, five dollars, five Pillars challenge. <laughs> five pillars. That's the five dollars five star challenge is truly a challenge because that's just <laughs> them giving us stuff. I kind of love that. How we just kind of nakedly like we want things from you. It is. Let me get five your stars, money. Five dollar challenge. <laughs> Let me get your affection. Let mm-hmm. me get we you should... telling your friends about it. Let me occupy we do your a mind. Pledge drive like uh, NPR does. You know what we should do? We should do one of those mass texts where it's like all the emojis and it's like, oh, it's slut time for smite. Let us come in your ears. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, sure. It's a little yeah. direct. But yeah, it's basically direct. that. Did, yeah, did yeah. the woman who hacked your Instagram um, account also hack your brain? She hacked my brain. <laughs> much oh, like God hacks a, Malam's brain. I think that was a dig at me because I, uh, I got hacked on the Yeah, wait. How do we not talk about this until the literal conclusion of the episode? You, you got hacked by a woman with a calculator in her photos. <laughs> <laughs> I got, all right, I'm, I'm admitting this on the pod. This is a Smite Me exclusive. Is that I got hacked because I clicked on a link that was sent to me by the rapper Cool AD who was also hacked. <laughs> From Das Racist. So. Oh wow. my god, that feels even Damn, better. Damn, you opened a phishing link from post cancellation Cool AD? <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> um, so, yeah, maybe. Uh... You know, also, my other blessing just goes out to you, man. I hope you <laughs> learn the error of your ways. My friend Juan told me that I'm the smartest person he's ever known who's fallen for one of those, which I think is pretty nice. <laughs> But That's so funny because victim. I saw it and like originally, immediately I was like, he's doing a bit, right? Yeah. So you are thought. a cheeky little boy on social media. Well, because also because there was a woman with a calculator, I thought you would latch onto that too and be like, "That's hilarious! You must have seen it." And then you put—I don't know if I even saw the picture. Is it just a woman like holding up a calculator and smiling? She's like on the phone. She's on the phone. GI eighty. That is way f- nicer than what I'm talking about. She's is on it like the a phone. Texas Instruments. Looking at a computer TI with her Texas fingers, with her fingers on the keyboard. Like, oh, look at me typing in a way that's super obvious that she's not typing. And then there's just one of those fucking like, like 1991 accountant calculators just right next yeah. to her. 
It's like, nah. Which is hilarious because if she's trying to scam people as like, I'm a business person, like <laughs> that kind of calculator is like not the, not the thing. And she's selling crypto. You don't use a calculator to do crypto. That's how you find out it's all worth not anything. It's well, listen, if you, because of me, if you um, went and bought a bunch of crypto, I'm very sorry. Um, I'm not responsible for that. If if you made a bunch of money, I you should give me some of it, though. I am responsible for that. And I don't know, maybe like play us out on, on Michael Jackson by Das Racist or something, you know? Shouts out to... Or first of the month by Bone Thugs and Harmony and Jeremy. Bone Thugs and Jeremy. All all things that will that I have to pay for if we do. Yeah, it's true. But anyway, thanks Anyways. for listening to Smite Me. Um, you know, God loves you.